Sein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute, willkommen zum einzigen Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Episode 141 of Schalke Americas here. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me as always, co-host Jack Mangan. Jack, happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. <laughs> happy Wednesday to you as well. Uh, sorry for the delay this week, folks. That's entirely my responsibility. I'll tell you what, you, you, you say it was episode 141. I honestly haven't been keeping track. You could probably put any number in front of the episode, and I would just nod my head and accept it at this point. So. Episode 1037. Hey, it could be. <laughs> Feels like it sometimes with somehow how long some of these seasons yeah, have been Yeah. Uh, for us. Yeah, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. You doing well, sir? I'm doing well considering um it's been a it's been a it's a crazy time to be a Schalke fan, huh? It feels like 2019 all over again. We're here the name's Bergstaller, we're here Tedesco, all this kind of stuff. There's another guy who we from the past that's uh back in our lives yes. as well, too. Yes. See, okay, now of course the hope was that once this transfer had been completed, um there would be enough playing time for this individual and enough phenomenal moments that it would kind of justify us creating like a whole like title card sequence that we could flash to in the middle of the stream, a little uh, little Katuchu watch or something, but unfortunately that has not been the case. But we do have our inaugural Katuchu watch update for you and that is because he came on uh, maybe if, I forget if he started or if he came. No, he was started. It was early in the match. Yeah. Um, started in the uh, in the Turkish Cup for Istanbul uh, in a loss, actually, unfortunately, but scored an absolute banger, folks, from uh, well outside the box. Um, really nice, really nice goal. Um, had like I think he had the ball kind of on like midfield by the sideline, dumped it down into the corner, kind of fouled that in diagonally, got the ball back, and just like yeah. ripped one to the uh, to the far post. Um, a thing of beauty, and obviously brings a tear to the eye. Uh, when you think about uh, what we've lost and what may have been, but uh, there you go. So there's there, there's the there's the first one. Katuchu lives. He is freed. Yeah. Uh, hopefully freed more often from the uh, the bench at Istanbul as well. So last week we had Sean Bazwan with the screamer. This week we got Katuchu yes. with the screamer. I mean, next Buyulab or uh, I mean Harid, I guess. So uh, how'd you write? Yeah. Well, I guess last weekend was uh, Berkshire as well, right? But we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately for us, uh, but some other news to relive our past. Uh, Domenico Tedesco, um, back in our lives again, sort of. Uh, you know, we many Shaka fans had hoped that maybe we see the return of, of Tedesco, and particularly because Gramozzi isn't doing that great this season, and so you know maybe if Shaka tend to you know let go let go Gramozzi during the winter break, maybe we bring on Tedesco, right? Well, those dreams are dashed now. Uh, and <laughs> uh, we got a comment that says, uh, and Shaka, we say, Shaka is Shiza. Yeah, thanks. They play like that sometimes, um, especially this last game. But Domenico Tedesco, yeah, he is going to be the new RB Leipzig manager. Uh, yeah, this news broke, what, today or yesterday? Um, pretty interesting time, I guess. I, I don't know what to make of this. I mean, I'm glad that he's back in the Bundesliga. Maybe not so much at Leipzig. What are your thoughts on uh, what you heard about uh, Tedesco? Well, it's interesting because this was the uh, kind of the big managerial break for for American Jesse Marsh, which is the American tie into this. Um, kind of yeah. from that entire pipeline, was coaching at 
uh, in MLS and then obviously went to, uh, to Salzburg and, and kind of got some some hype and some notoriety around some of the performances they had. I think of the Champions against Liverpool, for example, and there was like you know like a locker room speech that he had given that were like you know people were really excited about anyway. So, um, you know when, when Nagelsmann ultimately departed, uh, he was brought over from from Salzburg to keep that uh, pipeline going, and uh, yeah, unfortunately has not worked out for him. I know there was a lot of players that moved in the summer and everything, but even so you wouldn't expect um this Leipzig team to be hovering which is where like where are they like mid table at the moment? Maybe like Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're somewhere in that vicinity, like outside the top ten, I think. Um and they had lost what three games in a row on the bounce and so that was kind of the end of it. They they moved to uh to get rid of Jesse Marsh. And I think the thing that was so interesting about it to me is that um, and like, I haven't watched a ton of Leipzig and I haven't watched a ton of Tedesco in Russia. So like, I, I, I'm not really up to speed in terms of exactly like the styles, but I mean, I understand the Jesse Marsh thing wasn't working out, but I don't think that if they were, you know, maybe trying to return to what something more like what Nagelsmann had in place that Tedesco would be the guy that you would go for, because like, it, once yeah. again, having not seen a lot of him in Russia, but like he was not known for, you know, a possession based approach or whatever. Um, I mean, maybe some of his like you know his, his pressing and stuff is nice, but like it, it just it, it, to me it's it's not stylistically like a great fit in terms of what he's produced in the past, in my opinion. And I could be very wrong on this, but so I thought it was an interesting appointment for that. But there you go, yeah. I mean, obviously a lot of fans have wanted him back. That was always kind of unrealistic, but you know we 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 still love Teddy as like a as a figure and a personality. Um, and so I think there was people that were disappointed to see him go to a club like Leipzig, which is obviously not everyone's favorite club. But um, big move for Tedesco, and so you got to be happy for him. Um, you know, it's a big job. He's kind of back in the Bundesliga now for a club that should be, you know, a Champions League level club, not there on the table. But uh, yeah, interesting appointment. Tedesco time is back. Uh, Ethan's always been here, but you know, the, the coach is actually back in our lives. It's an interesting hire, I think, um, because you're right. He he doesn't play anything like Nagelsmann. I mean, what the similarities are that they were in the same class together, right? They both graduated together. Uh, um, Tedesco ahead of Nagelsmann. That's pretty much where where it ends up. They're both. I mean, they're both young, yeah. But you, we we obviously like Tedesco for whatever you know for our many different reasons. Um, and he and he stylistically he can change things up. And he, like you mentioned, he's good with the press and they and they can be fluid in the formation. But wasn't known for the attacking style of football that we come to know Leipzig with and Nagelsmann with. Um, or even with, with Salzburg, the, the the hire of Marsh to go into Leipzig made perfect sense. Once it's in the it's in the RB RB stream, right from New York to, to Salzburg to Leipzig, but also he played attacking football. I mean, I mean, I think when it was last year's at, at Salzburg, this team scored 152 goals. I mean, that's ridiculous, right? Helps to have Holland and and Daka on your team, but I mean, they had goal scores throughout the team, so. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Tedesco does there. Obviously, we like the guy and hope he does well, but it's going to be interesting hire because, um, yeah, Jesse Marsh is gone now, and it's funny because the rumor mill starts now. You know, once the Marsh left Leipzig, we obviously know the situation at Schalke, and we we thought, well, we know there's not many candidates, viable candidates that are big name candidates that we think could fit perfectly could fit with Schalke. Um, now you got Jesse Marsh in the fold that, hey, that could be a possibility. Whether he wants to take a step down to fight the league, that's the question. But, you know, people will say, hey, he played, he, he managed an MLS already in Austria. This is, you know, if he gets Schalke to that, you know, back to Bundesliga, that's going to be legendary status for him. Thoughts on the possibility of, of that name being thrown if 
Gramozis were not to make it for the full season. Well, I mean, if they could afford I, it, <laughs> I, I, and like I, I don't know, I, I feel like I feel like most Schalke supporters at the moment, if you said, "Hey, look, here's a relatively competent, um, you know, manager who has gotten, you know, at least good results at times on large stages," do you want that over? Grimaces. like yeah they would say yes i think i think most people would be like sure like this is not working because a lot of people feel that way anyway it's not even like you know would you like jesse marjorie's want to get rid of him without really having uh many replacement concrete replacement options even being like talked about or rumored yeah. um so i mean obviously and also as as, as shalk america i think we would uh we would love that but uh yeah I, I would be absolutely floored if that was a move that he would consider making in his career. I think, I mean, once again, Schalke is such a poison chalice and, um, you know, going from Leipzig to like Schalke in the second division is, is I think not something that he would want to be doing. I, I think I saw, I don't know if there were rumors already or if this was just people talking, but like um, of, you know, maybe joining the staff at Man U as well with Ragnick um, bringing on Chris Arbus from, from, uh, from uh, MLS as well. Um, so we'll, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but um, yeah, I'm sure Jesse Marsh will bounce back. Um, I mean, he's on a decent trajectory. He'll he'll get another job somewhere. He'll be fine, um, and I'm sure he'll stay in Europe and do something. And uh, yeah, so you know, best wishes to both of them. It'll be interesting to uh, to follow Tedesco's progress, and I, I'm very curious to see how he's actually going to set up that team and like what he's going to try to do from approach standpoint. So I'm gonna have to watch some Leipzig games, man, which brings me no joy. But I'm just I'm my my interest is uh, is peaked. I am yeah, mine as well. I'll watch. I'll certainly watch this weekend to see what they do. They obviously had a. A big win uh, in the Champions League this weekend or this week yesterday. Um, as yeah, they get rid of Marsh and they promptly beat Man City, right? Isn't that <laughs> it's hilarious? Funny how that works, right? Um, but yeah, so uh, we'll be curious to see that. Um, and we are on Gramozzi's watch officially, um, losing to St. Pauli two to one. Scoreline suggests that hey, it wasn't that bad of a match. We only lost by one goal. You know, yeah, Bergstaller scored. He was always going to score against us, right? We we kind of knew that. Um, looking at the lineups real quick for for that match, and I'm already looking ahead to Nuremberg. That's just because that's what I do. Um, <laughs> give me a second here. There, there we go. All right. So lineups in this one for the home team, which was St. Pauli. Uh, Vasily in goal was Zander, Zero, uh, excuse me, Zeris, Lawrence, and Pacareda. No S this time. Uh, the midfield you had Irvine, Smith, Hartel, and Kira, and then Bergstaller and Matanovic up top. Obviously, the big name that's going to draw all our attention is going to be Berkshaler, Um for good reason. He's one of the leading goal scorers in the Svita Liga, uh, and then he's playing the former team, So, but he's bound to score, I mean, which he did. Um, was that your big worry? Was anyone else that you were looking at going into the game? No, not really. Yeah, we were just it was the long-awaited reunion uh, with Bergstaller, uh, which we were, yeah, which we were excited to see. Not just because of his um, obviously former relationship with the club, but because that he's in good form this year and, and, and you know producing for some poly. So, um, yeah, and he uh, he delivered as uh, most former Schalke players seem to do when we come up against them. It's almost an inevitability. Um, I, you know, I was surprised that he didn't actually end up getting the hat trick. Probably could have at certain points. Um, but yeah, beyond that, not a whole lot um, of note for me. Yeah, no, no. I, I knew that Zonder was a guy that we had to keep an eye on. Um, he tends to be good on the right-hand side. Um, it seemed like the, his opposite on the other side, Pacareda, was a guy who's yeah. pivotal in the game, and so was Kiri uh, in the game. He was all over the place in this game. Uh, looking at our lineup, our lineup was very different. Uh, obviously, we had the injuries going into the game from last game, and then we had a bunch more 
that popped up, including Boulter and a few others and during the game. So our lineup was a lot different than normal. So Frazzo and goal, back three was normal. Uh, Kaminsky, Itakura, and Tiao. Uh, Paulson in the midfield with Salazar and Drexler, Aiden and Oyan on the wings. But on the, up top, you had Perringer, which was great to see him start, and Dadashoff from the um, from the Shaka 2. So um, always going to be an interesting game. I was curious to see how Perringer would do in this game, finally getting a start, getting an opportunity to show what he's got to the manager. And what could Dadashoff produce uh, to help Perringer out, help the team out? Um, and could we use that momentum from last week against Sandhausen scoring five goals to maybe surprise St. Pauli early in the matchup. Um, that was my thing, looking at the lineup before the game. What was, was yeah. the same thing for you? Well, we've been harping on you know the depth of the striker position all season um, and how it was potentially unwise. I mean, we had to do it for financial reasons, but to move the likes of Katushu and Matthew Hoppy off the books um, you know, in a season where you're kind of relying on, one, an old striker and, and Simon Zarada who um you know you're concerned about durability just for for age reasons. Um and uh you know he went down and then we're like all right well you know time for Bolter to step up and and he did it granted once again Sandhausen not a difficult opponent but had a really nice match there and you're like hey you know like the offense almost looked a little bit freed in the absence of Tarada, like you know with him less of a focal point on some of those like right. you know long balls and everything it seemed to open things up a little bit and breathe um and Bolter played very well but then you lose Bolter on the back of that and now suddenly you're looking at Tadashov and Piringer as a starting pairing and you're like oh you know this is not not ideal like i mean we're interested in Piringer you know he's had some moments um but still not somebody that i don't think you want to see starting on a regular basis certainly not over Tarada and Bolter at all and then Dadashov is just this guy basically i mean no offense to him but um yeah so that was that was worrying and that was not what you'd like to have ideally going into you know a match against the top of the table opponent in sao paulo the only bet the only nice thing is you know the back four essentially including the, so the back three plus the goalkeeper is the established back four if you will yeah. um and then honestly like that's kind of my ideal midfield Yes, I entirely. Oweyan and Aiden, uh, Zalatar, Drexler, um, and then uh, you could argue maybe flick on a, in a certain type of match potentially over Palson, but generally you'd probably want to see Palson there. So um, you know everything from the front backward was was fine, uh, and it's really just you know the uh, the people up top that are going to be the concern. But based on uh, how this match went, largely, um, I think you'd kind of feel like it was almost there were more changes in other areas of the pitch, but there weren't. Uh, it just was not, you know, as, as strong of a performance as you would hope to see. Yeah, that is true. That is very true. Um, two to one, uh, two goals in the first half, both by big Guido Bergstaller. Uh, first, it was a lovely over-the-top ball mm-hmm. played to Bergstaller. He did well to hold back Oyan with, with his body, let the ball drop in front of him, and then, of course, he's going to score from the angle. It was good. It was a decent angle by him, and uh, he got it on goal, and it was, it was a good shot there. Uh, so that was one nothing there, and then off a corner, on a corner kick in the thirty in the thirty ninth minute, um, nice short passing over the top. I don't know if it was Paulson. I forget. It was somebody with the orange boots, which Paulson usually wears, did a really poor job of marking Burksteller, and it went over the top of him. Burksteller with a header for the goal. Didn't celebrate either goal. You know, classy by him. Uh, but two big goals, but it was all St. Pauli in that first half. Um, we looked pretty abysmal uh, in that game. We really couldn't do anything. We tried to counter a couple times, but it was mostly ball in our possession, in our, in our half, excuse me. Did you take that from the first half as well, minus the two goals? It, this, was, this was a weird game for me because I felt like if you look at 
the statistics from this game, it looks pretty even. And almost everywhere we see also we have we have a higher XG value in this game than, than Sam Pauli did. Which is great. And, and, and like I mean, like our passing stats are similar, you know, like shots are similar, that sort of thing. There's a lot of areas in this match where like it looks like it was almost a fairly even contest. And that was not the impression you got at all watching this no. game. No. Um and uh there was maybe a pocket of I want to say 10 minutes in the first half where we 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 put some some high pressure on them. Um, and we're starting to win things back and we seem to like have some, you know, once again, coordinated pressure, not just individuals making random kind of stabs at things, but, you yeah. know, in a, in a team concept that resulted in some turnovers and we had some competent play and that just went away again. And the second half was much the same way where it was, you know, kind of mostly one way traffic. And then all of a sudden we have like a 15 minute spell towards the end of the match where we're suddenly playing competent again. It's like, okay, so why is there this stopping and starting so often in the context of these matches? Why can't we consistently like kind of like stay at this level, which isn't going to say like, oh, you like you can never concede a goal. I'm just saying like there's moments where it's like, okay, something has like clicked and it's suddenly like fit into shape. And then there's moments where it's just completely disorganized and and nothing can happen on either end of the ball. Yeah. yeah, so that's frustrating. But yeah, as far as the Bergstaller things go real quick, I mean, the, the funny thing about the first one is on the live stream when you and I were talking, the five minutes before that that first Bergstaller go, um, they had made that exact same pass to him like twice. And I called it out like maybe yep. like a minute and a half before the goal was scored. I was like, yep. you know, they, they've started playing this diagonal crossfield ball, kind of that like top right shoulder area to Bergstaller. And that's really starting to worry me because it's not being covered. As we know, like especially you know, like Oweon is is pretty far up a lot like he's not yeah. you know as, as deep as, as like you know chipka typically was um and yeah naturally you know they chip it over the top he uses his body you know he's, and that's you know burst our strength has always been his balance his strength mm-hmm. um uh you know he's not the fastest doesn't have the greatest footwork but he you know like those sorts of things and uh he loves those oblique angle shots we saw him take a lot of those at Schalke. um and it was a really nice finish from him so the first goal was you know was well deserved it was a really nice individual play from from Bergstaller. And then uh, the second one, you know, Sam Pauli had these short corner routines all game long. They had, they absolutely, they had so many rehearsed, clearly rehearsed like training ground routines. And I don't know if we just like weren't prepared for that at all, or if they were throwing new ones at us that we hadn't like seen in any of like our film or whatever, but like we seemed wholly unprepared. And and that second Bergstaller goal, um, I mean, I'm sure part of it's kind of like maybe we're trying to accomplish from a defensive scheme on, on corners, but like, he was completely unmarked the entire time. Nobody put a body oh, on him. And, and, and in my opinion, it's just like when you have a target man like that and, and a guy who's like, you know, their most dangerous player, just somebody, at least somebody put a body on him and, and they make contact with him. Don't let him get a free header yeah. um, and free movement to get to the ball. And he just kind of snuck in between a couple guys and, and really nice glancing efforts. So um, two nice goals from Bergstahl. You got to give him credit. Uh, the second one in particular, I just think was, it was a little bit disappointing in terms of the effort on that particular set piece. Yeah, I agree about that. Like I said, I, I thought it may have been Paulson, but if, if it was, you know, I apologize, but it was somebody and it looked like someone in yellow boots or orange boots that Paulson typically wears. But nonetheless, Bergstahl free, scored that header. Um, and yeah, the, the statistics, I mean, you're, you're in line about statistics. Let's look at the final statistics here. Um, shots, 15-14 St. Pauli. Shots on target, 6-5 St. Pauli. Possession, 49-51 Schalke. Passes, 398 for Schalke, 394 for St. Pauli. Pass, uh, pass accuracy, 73% for both teams. Um, corner kicks were where's corners? Four to four to eight. So that's a big difference. But yeah, and look, you would think looking at those statistics that hey, it was a close game. And even two to one, you're like, okay, hey, it was a close game. But 
it was really an abysmal performance in the second half. We were hoping to see Buskins or somebody get, you know, because no Gramotis in this one. It was just the game he was not there, right? No, he was there. It was last game. Wait, which game was? No, no, I thought that was this game. Yeah, this Maybe game. he wasn't on the sideline. I forget. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had, he, in COVID. I, I don't know. Maybe it could have been last time. Time, time it together. Whatever. We were, we were hoping that, you know, Booskins or, or, or Asamoah would go there and kick somebody's ass in, the, in there and fire, let them up. And they came out the second half and it wasn't really that great, honestly. Um, we did end up getting a consolation goal. It was a nice goal, actually, off a, off a corner kick, 75th minute. Um, Oyan crosses it in off the corner and Salazar unmarked. No one was paying attention to him and he got a free header in. Uh, nice goal there. Two to one. We had some hope. It gave us all hope because at that point we looked like trash. Um, as one of the commenters said, it looked like Shiza. Uh, but when they got that goal, it gave us all hope. And then we really did nothing with that, honestly. It was just same, more same, same that we saw before. Um, like I said, the optics in this one were, I think, the true feelings is that you know we were dominating this game, even though everything else says it was a close game. And it's disappointing because uh, the statistics someone brought up during the live stream was that against the top eight this year, we have one win, six losses, and one draw or something crazy yeah. like that, which is not a, not a form that's going to get you promoted. Um and we got two big games left in the in the in the in the first half of the season. We got our friends Nuremberg this Friday, just a couple of days away, and then we got Hamburg. And then this is going to be two big games for Gramozis and Schalke because at present, you know, looking at the table, um, St. Pauli's in first, thirty-five points. They got a nice six-point gap between them and Darmstadt. Darmstadt's got twenty-nine. Regensburg at 28, Paderborn at 27, Nuremberg and uh, Heideheim. Heideheim's back in the max action uh, on 27. Hamburg in seventh with 26. And then we're technically tied with Hamburg, but we're in eighth. So, yeah, I mean, two games. It's, Go ahead. Yeah. It, it was it was unfortunate because it was – and some people will roll their eyes that we're saying this was a promotion contest when Schalke was at eighth place in the table. But three – I mean – two points off of third place. So, I mean, I, I still feel comfortable actually saying that, but it was, it was a promotion six pointer. And so, you know, this, the result of this could have been that, you know, St. Pauli's at 32 and we're at 29 and we're a result away from first place. And instead they're at 35 and we're at 26 and suddenly it's a nine point gap between us and, and the top. And that's how quickly those things can kind of, uh, kind of change. So, um, yeah, but still within shouting distance of the top three, um, it was just, yeah, it just, it, it's, once again, I understand there's absences, particularly on the offensive end, which is where we've been struggling, in my opinion, more all season long anyway. But, yeah. um, and this is a very unscientific term, but it's, you know, which team felt more likely to score? And I think that's a sentiment that anybody that's really a fan of football and watches a lot of games, you know, th- there's inertia and sort of momentum in, in soccer matches that you don't, that um, it's just kind of a special kind of it that you don't see in other sports at certain, and there, there's times where it's just kind of like, if this team scores, the goal is going to come out of nowhere because they're not showing us anything. And for so many minutes in that game, it's just like you were watching Schalke and you're like, I don't know how they're going to get the ball into the final third. I don't know, yeah. you know where where this is going to come from if it does. Like I said, it, it took that like you know maybe 15 minute stretch in the second half where we played pretty well, which the goal was a part of. Um, and yeah. once again, by the way, Thomas Oyan with the assist, that ball into Drexler from you know, and then mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Zalatsar kind of unmarked in the center of the box. So Oyan doing things again, and Zalatsar scoring now in a clip suddenly, like scoring a few goals here and there. It's good. We need it big, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's just I mean, if you look at look at San Pauli, 30, uh, 36 goals scored, Darmstadt thirty eight, Regensburg thirty three, and we're down at at um, uh, what is it? What are we at? Twenty twenty nine. So I mean, like 
I think defensively we're, we're we're pretty average, pretty middle of the road. We're, we've been fine this season, you know, relative to where everyone else is, but relative to the top three at the moment, we're not scoring enough. Um, and we need to find a way to get more goals in. And part of that's system based, and part of that's getting our guys back. But yeah. And the crazy thing with that statistic that we read earlier about us against the top eight is that as bad as we've been, we've, we're still within three points of being in second place, which is crazy. Imagine we had done a little bit better in some of those games. We're talking a different thing here. And this is the, that those little things, those little details. We talked about how difficult this league is. Those little details, it could be what determines if Shaka goes up and down or, or not. Um, and I, that's why I think these next two big games are so crucial for not only Shaka, but and particularly Gramozzi's because you would imagine if we are, if we, if we, let's, let's look at the worst case scenario, we lose the next two games, we are probably out of the top 10. Yeah. So good chance that we're at the top 10. Um, and I can't imagine that we would see Gramozzi's back in the second half. I mean, it's possible, but I would imagine if our aspirations are to go back to the Bundesliga immediately and we're middling around somewhere 12, 13 position at, at the Winterpause, that's not a good chance though we are close points wise there's that but still one 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 six and one against the top eight it, this so far this season is not a, a statistic that says we're gonna get promoted yeah it isn't um it isn't and the performances haven't been there i mean like once again maybe we're being harsh because it was a 2-1 result and like we said statistically there's a lot of areas where it's <laughs> but like but it's just there, there was a gulf in class between the two teams in that game, and it was, it, it felt tangible when you were watching it, um, and I felt the same way when we played Regensburg. Yes, um, you know, I felt the same way when we played. I think Darmstadt, unless I remember, maybe I think in Paderborn. Um, One of those two. It's just it, there's been too many games. Uh, once again, against those better opponents, where it's like it doesn't feel that close. And uh, and that's a problem because, as you said, yeah, I mean, if if we had changed some of those results around, like, hey, maybe we had, like, randomly dropped a couple points to more mid-table teams, but we had managed to do something better against those top-table teams, and we're even closer, um, kind of despite what we've done. Uh, and, yeah, we, I mean, the second half of the season is going to have to involve um, more of those promotion six-pointer dubs for us. And it's funny because, like, so, so often in the last, like, few years, like, we've talked about, like, Schalke, like, just drop points against bad teams for no reason. But then, like, we'll get up for a Dortmund match and we'll, like, get a result against Dortmund sometimes. And that's like, the opposite. We've gotten some results against Leipzig, for example, you know, in recent seasons. Like, and now it's just like, you know, we're, we're beating up on Sandhausen as we should. And uh, we look pretty impotent against, you know, the top three, top four. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I, I think it's probably time to make that change if you're going to make it. And if you're not going to make it, that's fine. But I, I can't, I can't see many Schalke supporters being particularly optimistic at this point. Maybe it'll be that Christmas miracle. They'll, they'll rip off a couple results real quick, a couple quick dubs, and people will like change their minds again. But like, it's just, you know, we're 16 matches into the season. I think we've seen enough of this team under Gramatis and seen enough of this crop of players to understand what we have and what we're working with. And um, I think it's been very steady all season, but it's not improving. And the areas that, that we need to improve in have not seen a lot of adjustment. I don't feel like, and um yeah, I don't know. I would say with these next two games, if we win both next both these two games, I think Gramosis probably keeps his job in my you know based on what you know Schroeder because we'll be in the top three more than likely. Well, not more than likely. We'll be we'll be potentially in the top three. Uh, we lose both these games. I think he's done. At least he should be, in my opinion. Um, and if and if we, we go one and one, you know, 
probably is going to stay my our luck, but uh, yeah, it's it's we it's going to be hard. Tor- Torota's out for the rest of the of the first half of the season. Lots is out now. Uh, he is he he's only out for the this first half of the season, right? Not the whole season. Correct. He's the same situation as Torota. He came on as a sub in this one, and then that got announced after the game that he's not going to be unavailable for the final two matches as well. And Torota's so going to be like injury or something himself. It's going to be like what, like Flick and a Drizzy potentially, and you know Patriciani and guys like that. In the yeah. Substitute role. Yeah. And uh, and Cherlinov Chirlin- is out as well. Hopefully he's back soon. Um, so we got a, we got a little bit of injuries. Hopefully Bolter is back uh, quicker. I think he had a little bit of a, uh, a calf or or some kind of strain on himself also before the game. So hopefully they're back soon because we're gonna need them for Nuremberg here on Friday. And again, obviously Hamburg after that. So um, no watch along this this next game because it's on Friday. It's during work week for us. So um, but. Uh, we will definitely bring the podcast and get the information for that too. And it also helps that uh, we got Shaka TV now. Shaka finally uh, reached out to us with our requests. And so we got Shaka TV now, which we're happy about. Um, probably won't stop us from watching live games as well, but it's good to good to have those games in handy. And, you know, you get to watch a lot of interviews and stuff as well. So um, happy about that, that, that purchase for us. So yeah, uh, Nuremberg up ahead there. I mean, they're, Basically, where we are in the table, one point ahead of us, two table, two places in the table ahead of us. What are your thoughts going into that game? I mean, the last two games, obviously, no game, last two games, not Sharota played really well against Sandhausen, as we probably should, not so well against St. Pauli, and now we got a team who's probably around our our end of the table and our friends. Thoughts? Yes. Um, I mean, the I mean. This isn't specific to Nuremberg exactly, but I mean, one thought is we need a better performance out of uh, Aiden in this next yeah, match. He if he starts over Ranful, um, that was, I think, a pretty yeah. poor performance from Aiden in general. Uh, I mean, I, I want to say like, you know, like Oian had like 10 crosses or something like in this game. Yeah. Um, and the next best person wasn't Aiden, it was Drexler. Same yeah, Drexler side played pretty well, I thought. With five, because he, he loves to go down the left-hand side, then cut back onto his right foot right. and yep. play the cross in. Um, uh, Salazar had some crosses as well. I think I didn't have like one, maybe he just could not do much down that right hand side in this match. And I think if he can get cooking again, as we've seen him do a couple of times in games, then we become a little bit more difficult to defend against because you can't, you can't overload against Oian as much. Like you have to play a little bit more honest in terms of where you're shifting, you know, your shape a little bit, uh, behind the ball. And so I don't know. I, I think, I think that would be a key as well, but, um, yeah, hopefully we get Bolter back. I, yeah, I didn't check to see what the status of that injury was, but hopefully we have him back for that one because uh, Dadashov, not not great in that game. Hardly nope. noticed him. Not existent. Piringer came on late. Not not come out of the match, but like started performing better late, but had a very yeah. similar first half to Dadashov. I mean, I don't think either of them uh, got involved in that one at all. So those are, those are kind of like the things that I'm going to be looking for heading into this new one, assuming some of those guys uh, play again. We need better performances out of those uh, that group of players. I agree. I agree. And before I get to that, let me get to answer Matt's question. Uh, yes, we can all send it for Shaka TV. Uh, basically, write an email to Shaka. You just go to the website email, and email them. Uh, tell them you're in the States. You requested and you'd like to have Shaka TV. They will send you a link because if you try to sign up through their website, it won't let you because you're know, obviously European and your credit card won't get accepted. So Shaka will send you a link that you click on the way you can make your purchase that way. So uh, you have yeah. to be a club member for that. No, but it does help. Okay, it does help. Because um, they they asked me if I if I had membership, they're like, yeah, I gave it to them, but it's not necessary. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, if you if you want it, try it. It might be a while. Like I said, 
we, we both tried at the beginning of the season and just got it now. So it might take a while. Um, I know some of the people who as well started beginning the season haven't got it yet. So maybe we get it all get a Christmas miracle. But back to the point about Nuremberg. I mean, we've, we've talked about it also at the watch along about we needed to see with no Bolter, no Toroto, we needed to see Salazar step up. He played, he played all right. I uh, had a goal, obviously. He had some crosses in there. He needs to be big in this game. Uh, next two games coming up, especially with we don't know what, what the status of Bolter is. Um, Oyan, he's been doing his thing. Draxler's been playing well. Iden, I agree with you. He needs to do better. We need to see better also from you know the sixth position. Paulson, I didn't think, had that good of a game. Um, not that Flick's been any better. I mean, Flick's been okay. And Paulson's generally been okay, but now with lots of out. You know, you kind of have your ideal midfield three with Paulson or you could put Flick in there. Whoever plays that sixth position needs to play a lot better. Um, and we talked about the Sandhausen match that when the team is playing well, that's when you start seeing Malik Tiao get into the offense. And in this game against St. Pauli, he didn't venture forward at all, maybe once. Uh, and it's kind of indicative how the game went. And and I, I noticed the passing between Kaminsky and Itakura as well. They The passing wasn't really that great for all of them. So they all have to do better passing-wise. Uh, and then hopefully Malik's in the mood that he gets up there and tries to get in the action because uh, that was sorely missed. Yeah. And I, I continue to be shocked that we haven't seen Timo Becker. I know. Like, I mean, look, and no disrespect to Ranful, but like if he, I mean, if Tronov's hurt and, and Ranful's your option off the bench, like, I mean, like, really? Is Beck, Becker just can't, can't do that job? I don't know, man. Yeah, maybe I'm just completely, you know, misappraising him. But uh, anyway. Maybe with Shaka uh, TV, we can watch some of these uh, practices and see what, maybe mm. we can see what the coach sees because uh, I don't get it. And we we talked about this in the past, where you know times when we didn't see Bazdawan, where we didn't see Katuchu. We heard rumors about the Katuchu, but you know Bazdawan and and some of these other guys, uh, like why well, we didn't see them more. And maybe it's something to do in practice. We just something we don't see, and I wish they would say a little bit more on the interviews instead of just being you know fairly you know mood about it. But um, yeah, it's a it's a big big week again. Big going ahead a friendly friendly game against uh, or friends, I should say. It's not a friendly. Uh, we need to win this game, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens here. Uh, big game for us. Next two games, really, for the winter pausa. Need to get some results here, or um, lots of questions will be asked. Uh, anything to wrap up on lots this? Of lots of questions. Exactly. Uh, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> the best defensive team in the Bundesliga, last time I checked. Yes. Nuremberg. Yeah. Uh, which does not necessarily bode well, because uh, as we've said, uh, offense for us has probably been where we feel like we haven't been maximizing as well as we, uh, as we could Yeah, uh, more so that, cause like our defensive struggles, once again, mostly the first few matches of the season, I, I think generally were like worse. I have to check some like, you know, yeah. in terms of how many goals we were shipping and stuff, but that's kind of settled down. Uh, and we're usually okay now. Uh, it's just, yeah, we got to get a little bit more out there. So to run and do a stingy opponent, like, uh, like Nuremberg is not ideal. What are they at? Like, let me see. Yeah, six, six, 16 goals conceded in 16 matches. So pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. And so yeah, we'll see what the um well it, it's it's it should be a low scoring game. Should be, but you never know. You never know these kind of situations. And so let's just hope we can get some of these guys back for the next game to give us a little bit more options. You know, no disrespect to Datashoff, but I'd like to see Bolter back. Um maybe Trilinoff back as well. Uh, and maybe see some Idrizi in the matchup for a change. We we see him late cameos all the time. We need to see a little bit more of him, I think. Unless he's another guy we we we're not seeing in practice that's doing really poor. I don't know. So, 
by the way, last thing real quick. Speaking of striker pairings, do you know what today is the anniversary of? COVID-19. My phone just starts talking to me about coronavirus, which is interesting. Anyway. Do you, know do you have to know what today is the anniversary of? Today is the anniversary of, what's today? 12-8. Uh, I do not. Today is the anniversary of the greatest striker partnership ever seen in the history of the Bundesliga, which is, of course, Hamza Mendel and Weston McKinney in the uh, 2018 <laughs> River Derby. Hinrunde edition of the Revere Derby. Uh, two one wow. loss to Dortmund. There, that's I think I was in uh, at the watch party in Ohio for that one, but um, anyway, yeah. So, uh, I, I, and I think based on what we saw in the last match, I'd probably take that Hamza Mendel McKenny pairing at the moment. <laughs> at least <laughs> there's pace up top, right? At least there's pace up top, yeah, exactly. Muscle. So, wow. uh, yeah, got, got to get more from <laughs> up front. Oh man, yeah, yeah, it's funny. I actually started playing football manager 22. Uh, I'm, and I'm trying to see what I can do with Shaka and. One of the one of the scouts, not a lot. Oh yeah, well, one of the scouts says Hamza Mendel. He's one for the future. Did it? I'm like, all right. <laughs> for the future, he's one for the past. Yeah, I know, right? No, okay. Oh, all right. Well, I think we should wrap this one up. Uh, yeah, it's uh, not much to talk about. We don't same old, same old headaches. It seems like, but let's let's see if things can change here against Nuremberg. Can I ask you one final question? I'm sorry to extend this. No, one no, final please. question for you. Yeah, of course. So I mean. T- take away the results that we see in the next two matches. Just forget okay. about regardless of what happens there. This moment in time, based on once again, we've seen now 16 of you know the 18 matches we're going to see in the first half of the season. We, we have a good sample size now to judge from. Yes. If Gramatis is the coach for the entire season, do you think we get promoted or even really competing for it in the final few matches? If you feel you do, I mean, that's fine. I'm just I'm curious where your head's at right now. Where's your confidence level? Well, I think what we, we knew from the beginning of the season was that it's going to be a tight league no matter what. Uh, it looks like St. Pauli is starting to get separation now. If they continue the way they started the first half, they're going to win by a good margin, I think. Um, but to answer your question, if Gramozzi stays, I think we'll be in the mix. And when I say in the mix, within five points of a promotion spot. Um, do we get it? I'm not confident based on how we've played the top eight so far. If things change in, in, the, in, the, in the Rook Runda, great. Um, but at present, how I feel, without even looking at these next two games, is we'll be in the mix because it's a tight league and we're, we're, everyone's bound to sh- kill each other off. Um, we'll, be, we'll be in within shouting distance, but I don't think we will qualify for the second for the promotion. What about you? Yeah, I, I don't have the confidence at the moment. Um, I feel like it, it, in recent fixtures, I've now lost it a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I just, once again, and for me, it's just the things that have been a struggle for us for most of the season kind of continue to be. And I don't see any signs that we're really moving towards addressing those. And I guess the feeling I have, and I could and, and I could be wrong because there are you know there are results like the Bremen result, for instance, where we kind of got two points stolen from us. Um, but I feel like our point haul, even though we are as I mean one result away from the top three technically right now in terms of points, I feel like we are, if anything, slightly overperforming rather than underperforming. That is yeah. just my feeling at the moment. Based um, on optics, yeah. So. Maybe that means there's more room for growth, and we could turn that around. But um, I just, yeah, I feel like I feel like there's a chance that end of the season we could be kind of in the exact same spot, and just be that like you know seven, eight, nine region potentially. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, once again, you know, two weeks from now, maybe we win both of these and suddenly we're in fourth place, third place. But I just, I still think, uh, just the performances and the control that we have over games is not enough to see us through in here. I mean, like some probably like controlled the game for the most part. And like, I mean, it just too often. I feel like we're kind of hanging on by a thread and maybe we get a couple goals, you know, but like, it's just the general play throughout most of the 90 minutes. It doesn't feel like we're the, we're a vastly superior team if superior at all in a lot of these matches. And I think the difference between the, between the way St. Pauli plays and the way we play offense, right? We, we get a lot of possession, but what the difference is St. Pauli play with intent. We don't play with intent. Even, even in our best games, we really don't play with intent. There's flashes of it here and there, or, you know, a great Oyan play, a great Toronto poach or something. But, St. Pauli played with intent. If you watch their attackers, they didn't. They weren't static there. They were constantly moving around, um, constantly getting open. If you watch it, just, it just looked like a, a wave or something. They just keep moving around, looking for the free spot. We don't do that offensively. And incredibly static in possession. Incredibly static, and that's why. In our, like, yeah, in our default buildup shapes, it's, it's there, there's nothing happening. So like, yeah, maybe we have possession in games, but it's like, what are you doing with it? Um, and and so often, especially in our own half, and this is like, you know, there's a lot of teams that put emphasis on trying to win the ball back quickly, but like when we win the ball in our own half, we struggle so often to connect a couple passes and and we turn it over so often. It's, I mean, the times we look dangerous for the most part in, you know, in transition are when we kind of get the ball from them when they're in their half. And then we kind of like, you know, and you know, it's just, I don't know. There, it's 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 when we do have possession, it's too static, and then oftentimes when we're trying to get into a situation where we kind of have calm possession, it just we cannot cannot connect. I don't know what's going on. Like I said, I'm not smart enough tactically to figure it out, but it's just it just so, something in terms of the system and the direction that Kramatsis is giving them is not working for us in those areas, and I don't think it's going to um, see us to where we need to be. So I'm not advocating necessarily that we fire him. Um, as you know, I never take that lightly, you know, calling for yeah. someone's job and someone's livelihood and everything. And yeah. like, it's just like, I just, yeah. If the question is a confidence thing, I don't have the confidence right now. I'm not doom and gloom, but I don't have the confidence. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that I had a point <laughs> and I forgot it. that happens uh, when I ramble sometimes. So my bad. And I sort of think about something else. Um, Oh, to wrap this all back up to Tedesco, I think we play our best when we press, right? And uh, I'm not necessarily saying we have to press for 90 minutes like we did against Bayern a few years ago under Tedesco, yeah, right? But I think this season we've looked our most dangerous, like you mentioned, when we press and and steal the ball in their half, and all of a sudden we get this quick counter and we can feed it to Toronto or Bolter or whatever, and Oyan and these guys can do their, their magic. That's when we looked our best. So maybe we need to increase the pressing frequency, but again you do it too much or you get when you bring yourself out for the whole game and two you get leave yourself vulnerable for a counterattack the other way if you miss it um but it's it's something they need to figure out quickly because the current game plan is not working winner winner even when we're winning it doesn't work well it looks sloppy at best so let's see let's see what the next two games hold let's see what Nuremberg holds and then Hamburg after that so um yeah put a ball in this one we went longer than I thought we were gonna go. That's good. That was good. Well, that's my that's my bad for that uh, little outro section there. So <laughs> that's all good. It's all good. Uh, questions had to be asked, right? Uh, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you sign up for the Shaka US newsletter. Simply send enter email address and you will get them monthly. Um, continue being persistent with Shaka TV. We were successful. 
So just keep you know keep sending emails to them uh, if you're here on the uh, on this side of the pond, if you will. Um, and then yeah, Jack, anything you want to plug or where can our followers find you on social media? At JM Mangan, J M M A N G A N on Twitter. Very good. I am at R underscore K H A R M A N. I just realized I can just read my thing without trying to memorize this, huh? <laughs> Took uh, 141 episodes to realize that, right? Uh, <laughs> as always, we will not catch you on the watch along, but we'll catch you on the next podcast. Glug Alf. Mm-hmm.